Hello and welcome to Car Talk from National Public Radio with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers. And we're broadcasting this week in the Department of Too Much Information here at Car Talk Plaza. Yeah, yeah. This is something that we did once or twice before at the request of our listeners. Well, wait a minute. Since when do we do things at the request of our listeners? I mean, if we did that... We'd have taken ourselves off the air like 19 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why we don't take listener requests very often. (laughs) But here's what we're going to do today. We obviously get a lot of questions about cars, and we don't do very well with those. No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) But we also do get uh, a lot of questions that are more, uh, I say, personal in nature, right? Yes. And today, we're going to address some of those. And our staff has thoughtfully picked out a handful of personal questions Actual questions submitted by our listeners and put them in a bunch of envelopes in front oh, of us on the on the staff t- chose them. This can't be good. Can't be, no, it can't be good. This it, can't. And it be shows good. they're running out of ideas. <laughs> so we're supposed to just like open, open up one of the envelopes and answer the question. Yeah. Because they didn't want us to know in advance what the questions are. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to reach in and just pull one off of here. This one from Wayne C. <laughs> Sometimes one of you guys snorts. Which one of you is it? <laughs> that answers that question. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you snort, Tommy. I do not snort, but no. I do. And you I do snort. I snort when and I when I've expelled too much air laughing, and I can't replace it fast enough. And so it's it and, comes I, out and, as a and, snort? and it comes in as a snort. The oh. snort is always a. <laughs> An in snort. Okay. All right, you ready? Yeah. From Emma Rose. Do you guys ever wish you had majored in something other than engineering, like medicine, law, space travel? I wish my brother had majored in space travel. (laughs) (laughs) Intergalactic. Do Do we ever wish we had majored in something else? Well, you know, I mean, lots of people have have written and called us and said that we would have made good doctors because of our diagnostic skills where we probe and oh yeah but blood is involved me too that's and and parts of the body that i just don't want to see yeah (laughs) i mean i can't even eat a liverwurst sandwich i'm not gonna look at somebody's blood so the answer is no (laughs) go ahead all right this is from denny kaiser tom what's your phd in and why did you choose it Oh, it's simple. I can even, I can actually answer this. <laughs> My PhD is in management, uh-huh. and I chose it because I was in the middle of teaching, and I wanted to do the rest of whatever it took to be be a real professor. So I became a real professor, and I found out that that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. No, it wasn't bad. I enjoyed every minute of teaching, and I was never bored, never. And, and, and I, will, I will say that unlike a lot of other professors that I know and have known, you didn't hate your students. Not at all. No. They hated you, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't hate them. I, had, well, I still have friends who are my students. Yeah, well, that's what they say. Who are my students? Who are your students? Anyway, here's one addressed specifically to me. Really? Yes. Ah. Just read it. Don't fake it. From Tony <laughs> Zazzaro. Ray, you don't seem to have a great fondness for your time in Bennington and Shaftesbury. <laughs> Why not? That's in Vermont yes. where my brother and wife moved 
when they had nothing better to do. No, no, I, I just graduated from college, and I, I thought that Monique and I wanted to live the good life in, up there in yeah, Vermont. Yeah, who was the guy you were trying to emulate? A couple, in fact, named uh, the Nearings, Helen and Scott Nearing. Helen and Scott Nearing, You know, yes. who built their house out of stone, because it took them 45 years. <laughs> and and <laughs> we thought that we were going to imitate them. And yeah. they, they were our heroes, you know, and, and we thought that we were like, you know, earth people. And you could have done it, except the people in Vermont hated you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and they made short work of us. <laughs> he, he told me that... When he got there, he was surprised to find out that the gas station was only open by appointment. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was, it, well, and, you know, I guess the thing that bothered me most about it was winter started like October 1st. And, oh. and then it, it, it was, it wasn't too long. It was October, November, December, January, February, <laughs> March, April. And w when winter finally ended. What's that, like 11 months? Like seven months. <laughs> And then, and then came mud season. Oh. And mud season lasted, you know, a month or so. And then, thank God, mud season ended. Oh, surprise, black fly season. <laughs> and then black fly season ended, and time to go back to school. <laughs> no, you had about four weeks of unbearably hot weather Yeah. in July, and then it got cool in August. And August was kind of nice, but that's when we went on vacation and weren't there, and, and it was back to where I hated it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, maybe we should go back to car questions. We can do some of these later because there's a big pile of them here. <laughs> and uh, if you have a car question for us, give us a call at 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. This is Bradley calling from Long Beach, California. Hi, Bradley. What's, Bradley. what's, what's going on? Well, I, uh, I used to drive a 93 BMW, but ever since the accident, I've downgraded to an 89 Corolla. And the problem that I'm having is that when I take off in first gear, you know, slowly accelerating, letting off the clutch, the car just starts to shudder like I'm in a San Francisco earthquake. And it, like, it sounds like... <laughs> the only way that I can get it to stop is if I either put the clutch out again or let it out and go into gear and accelerate. I understand. When you, let's go back to the accident first. <laughs> what, what happened? Uh, I was driving down a residential street about a quarter mile away from the house. I turned left and didn't see the lady come barreling down the street, and she slammed right into me. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh, so that car just got totaled. It wasn't... Yeah. There wasn't anything beyond that. It, it, there was no trauma involved to you. No, no, I wasn't hurt, and neither was she, thank heaven. So, so, and how long have you been sentenced? Uh, I mean, how long have you been driving the Corolla? <laughs> uh, for about two weeks now. Where did you get it? I got it for a song and a dance from my fiance's mother. Yeah, the dri she was using it at the driving school. Ah, <laughs> and, and I presume it was doing the same thing when she had it. Yeah, I actually drove the car before I, I bought it from her, and it's got about 200,000 miles on it now, original engine and tranny, and it, it did the same thing then. Ah, well, clutches can do this if there's contamination on them. Yeah. You know, and a little bit of, of oil or grease on a clutch can make it be grabby, oddly enough. You would make you, it's counterintuitive. But in fact, if there's some contamination, like like a, a lubricant on the clutch, it can make it do exactly what it's doing to you, where it chatters or judders when you're trying to engage it. Once you're moving, there's no such word as judders. no, no. Once I'm moving, it's fine. Also, in reverse, it doesn't happen either. In reverse, it doesn't happen either. Also, if I rev the engine up to above two thousand, yeah, it won't, it won't do it. It won't do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that could be going on. Too, I know what I would do about it. <laughs> 
I do. Well, the other thing that could be, you, yeah, I know what you're going to do. So the, <laughs> no, the other thing that could, be, <laughs> that could be going on is there are springs around the perimeter of the clutch-driven disc, okay? Yeah. And they, they basically surround the, the center hole through which the transmission shaft goes. Sure. And, and it they keeps have, everything straight. Well, and they're, des- they're designed to, to absorb some of these vibrations and this chattering. They, they may be missing or they may just be worn out. Would it be possible that maybe an improperly torqued flywheel or worn-out engine mounts would well, cause Well, engine mounts could, could cause it. Uh, and we've also seen instances where the transmission being loose, that is the bell housing not bolted firmly to the engine block, could also cause it. But I'd be willing to bet that with 200,000 miles on it, it needs a clutch. Yeah, but Tommy was going to tell you to, what, burn it in? No, uh, exactly. <laughs> I mean, what I would do is I would do what we tell everyone not to do, which is ride the clutch. And I think if there were some foreign matter, you might be able to get rid of it by riding the clutch. You know how to ride the clutch? Yeah, just sort of feather it halfway on and off. Yeah, exactly. It's got a really short engagement point, though. It's kind of hard to feather it like that. It's either on or off. Oh, does it engage very close to the floor? No, it engages very high, actually. Oh, then it's all worn out anyway. Yippee! Oh. <laughs> if it engages yeah. high, that means... No, you need a new clutch. Yeah, you know, this, this vehicle has a self-adjusting clutch, and there's nothing you can do to change the adjustment, and what tells you when it needs to be replaced is by how high it engages. Yeah. Uh, so and... if it's engaging very high, that's the other reason it's chattering, in that you're expecting it to engage near the middle, and it isn't, and you're giving it probably the wrong amount of gas for where you think the engagement point should be, and that's why it's misbehaving. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much for the Try to you what this me, your mother in law? Future mother in law. Future in October. Ah. Just, just bite your tongue and put a clutch in it, Bradley. Okay. See, well, don't try to get your money back or anything. Or just kiss her goodbye because when as soon as you put the clutch in, the engines are gonna go. Hey, you know what? I actually like the car. I'm getting half twice the gas mileage I did in my BMW. Oh, okay. Wonderful. Then go for it. You'll get even better mileage when the clutch goes. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, man. Thank you. Bye bye. Eight 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 car talk. That's eight 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 two two seven eighty two. Hi, my name is Kate. I'm calling from Red Wing, Minnesota. Hi, Kate. Kate. Red Hi. Wing. Where's Red Wing? Red Wing's right next to the Mississippi River. And is that Southern. where they make the Red Wing boots? It is indeed. I have a pair of Red Wings. They're great. They're wow. the only boots I've ever, the only work boots I've ever worn that allow you to stand in water. Now, why I would stand in water, <laughs> especially with you know, when they're changing light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a bad idea. <laughs> well, they've allowed me to do that, Kate, and they're pretty pretty magnificent. Anyway, what's going on? Well, I have a 1986 Chevy Nova wow. that I inherited from my grandmother. Jeez. And in order to turn off the car, after I turn off the ignition, I have to put it into gear and let out the clutch and basically kill it. If I don't do this, it seemingly goes on forever. Right. It, it'll do something called dieseling. Yes, exactly. So yeah. when you turn the key to shut it off, it just keeps yes. going ba ba boom ba ba boom ba ba boom ba ba boom. Does it have at least a good beat? I mean, does it have a does it have a syncopated beat like ba da 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 ba ba da 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 ba? Um, I would say escalating, maybe. Escalating, yeah. And it's worse in hot weather, obviously. Um, you know, I haven't really noticed cause, well, it's um, that, but it's been, I've had the car in my possession for about a year and a half ah. and it's, uh, definitely does it <laughs> and it's yeah. not getting better. What, what's, what's the typical distance that you drive the car every day? Well, I 
Red Wing's a small town, so I generally don't drive it too far. But every once in a while, I have to go out to Target, and, you know, it's a little bit further, so I'll get it up to 55 miles an hour, and, you know, um, it'll be a mile or two. A mile or two. Mile, wow, you're, li- you're living on the edge, <laughs> <laughs> And And how did Grandma drive it? Grandma drove it. Um, not a little very less. often, and uh, probably less distance and less speed. Yeah. Well, for those of you who don't remember this car, this is basically a Corolla, and, and it was a collaborative effort between General Motors and and Toyota when they were still speaking. Yeah. And and, and then which they're not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, they may be. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm sure they are. But anyway, uh, this car is a carbureted. This '86 Nova was carbureted. And because you don't drive it very much and grandma didn't, it may be all carboned up and or the choke may not be opening. So it, if you combine the choke not opening all the way, which makes the thing run fast, and the carbon built up on all the pistons because it's, you know, 105 years old and it hasn't been driven on the highway enough, it, it's going to do this dieseling because when you turn the thing off, the heat of compression is enough to kind of partially ignite the gas. So when you turn it off, the spark plugs get shut off, but the thing continues to go because it because the the pistons are sucking gasoline in through the carburetor and air, and when the piston comes up in the compression stroke, even though there's no spark plug, there's so much carbon, hot carbon on the top of those pistons, it ignites. It will ignite the gasoline, but kind of lousy. So if you ever could see what's coming out the tailpipe. You'd gag <laughs> because it's awful, and and you're probably polluting more in those twenty seconds that it's dieseling. Yeah. Than most cars put in the put in the air. Most modern cars in a month. So yeah, you're bad. You, that's so that's you need bad. To, yeah. You need to find someone who ha- knows what a carburetor is. Well, I thought I found somebody. Huh. My brother-in-law. And he told me that very same thing. He said, there's a bunch of carbon built up. Your oh. grandma probably drove really slow. He's and, got it. And he tried to flush out the system. And he said he did it several times. Oh, so he may, he may have poured, like, Pepsi-Cola down the carburetor. That's, <laughs> you know, but there are lots of ways to do it, including putting an additive in the tank. Okay. And, and I'll, t- oh, I'll tell you what else happens to these things. Well, it's been a long time since I worked on one of these. Yeah. There's a fast idle cam that gets stuck. Ah, and if the fast idle cam gets stuck, even though You're the choke for. opens, the thing instead of idling at eight hundred is idling at twelve hundred, and if and you know, that'll definitely do, it. and that'll make it diesel. So ask him if he if he doesn't know where the fast idle cam is, then he might not be the guy for you. <laughs> He's not the guy. He might not be <laughs> the guy to fix this. You might have to go. Who would know carburetors? A lawnmower repair shop, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you but, gotta you gotta find someone. With gray hair. So in the meantime, is it dangerous what I'm doing? No. Like so doing the engine? No. It's, in fact, you should do it immediately. As soon as you turn the yeah. key off, stall it right out. Is it going to break anything else? You can only hope. <laughs> no, Kate, no, it's not going to do any harm to anything. This car is battle-hardened. Yeah. There's nothing you can do to this car that's going to hurt it. Yeah, you, right. you can You can stall it out, but if you can get someone to free up that fast idle, Kim, it's probably just gummed up. And throw some stuff in the in the gas tank. Well, we were getting a little concerned that this activity was dangerous. No, it's, no, not, no, it's, dangerous, it's not dangerous, and it's not doing any harm to the engine. No, as a matter of fact, letting it diesel is really harmful to the air. Well, we don't like that. We don't no, want that. that's not good. Yeah. So yeah. this car is fine, but if you can get it to shut off when you turn the key off, 
It that would be, be great. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, Kate. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Hey, look, I, I got to ask, uh, uh, do you remember the puzzler from last week? No. Do you remember what I had for dinner last week? <laughs> no, but come on. I mean, that's not analogous. <laughs> I mean, there's no comparison between my puzzler and your dinner. Sure there is. Apparently, they're both very forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, I guess. Well, anyway, the puzzle was about a word with a very curious property. And we'll have all the details, of course, and more of your car questions in just a minute. So please don't go anywhere. She walked out in the barn one day and she hot wired a cow. If you don't believe me, boys, try to milk her now. She hot wired the doorbell now. It sounds just like a train. If you hold your finger on it, it'll hot wire your brain. She might hot wire your shitty. She might hot wire your boy. Hot-fired Ernest Tubb And his Texas troubadours Then she laid her hands upon me You should have seen the sparks That hot-fired woman winning Hot-fired my heart Hot-fired 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 I've been hot-fired And even though nudist colonies approve the temporary use of earmuffs whenever they hear us say it, this is NPR National Public Radio. Hi, we're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers, and we're here to talk about cars, car repair, and, of course, the answer to last week's puzzler, which mm. evidently was very forgettable. It was, yes. <laughs> and this comes from a friend of ours who, who runs, for lack of a better term, a small business in our fair city. Okay, he's a loan shark. But... <laughs> and he came across a word that had a very interesting property one day when he was doing some paperwork. Oh. The property is this. This word has three consecutive double letters. That is, three consecutive sets of double letters. I'll give you a couple of words that almost qualify, but don't. Okay, for example, the word committee. C-O-M-M-I-T-T-E-E. Now, that's got three sets of double letters. Not consecutively. But they're not consecutive, so that's out, right? Yeah. Well, how about Mississippi? M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. And that word works, except for all those damn eyes. <laughs> but there is one pretty common word that qualifies. Yeah, and I know what it is. And, and there are a handful of totally obscure words, of course. But we didn't we didn't use the we didn't use the web. You know, we could have done that, and 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 but we just used our intellects. <laughs> so we're looking for that commonly used word that has three consecutive sets of double letters. And the question is, what is it? Uh. And the word is. Bookkeeper. Or bookkeep or bookkeeping. B-O-O-K-K-E-E. Yeah. Pretty good, eh? Very, very good. Someone sent in good deed, but that's not one word. No. And and the the Scrabble crowd sent us, like, heel loop, hoof-footed, and veneer room, but... Uh, bookkeeper is our answer. That's right. And it's better than any of those. Yeah, and, you, and you, by the way, I mean, you can't go using the internet to solve these puzzles. Well, well that's what else? That, yeah. that, it's, it's like sitting down and doing a crossword puzzle with a crossword puzzle dictionary sitting next to you. Yeah, it's like you've given up on life. You might as well start wearing sweatpants. We're asking you to think. Bingo. Do we have I don't a know how it hurts so much. My <laughs> head just hurts so much. Do we have a winner? Yeah. The winner this week is Bruce Kinsey from Beaufort, South Carolina. And for having his answer selected at random from among all the correct answers that we got, Bruce is going to get a $26 gift certificate to the Shameless Commerce Division at cartalk.com. 
with which he can get one of our Car Talk Lackeys t-shirts. It's finally t-shirt weather. Mm -hmm. And we have four of these. We have so many lackeys that we had to make a four different lackey shirts to put their names and titles on it. <laughs> these are the lackeys that we list at the end of the show, like the head of our Working Mother Support Group, Erasmus B. Dragon. Right. right. And our meteorologist from the New Delhi office, Luke Outavindo. <laughs> I don't know which names are on which shirt, but you can look them up on the website, Bruce, and pick the one you want. Congratulations for being this week's Puzzler winner. Anyway, we'll have a new Puzzler in the third half of the show today. In the meantime, if you have a car question for us, we're at 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-228-255. Hello, you're on Car Talk. Hi, my name is Rachel in Minneapolis. Hi. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I'm great. I have a 94 Honda Accord, and I have been having some problems with my windshield wipers. Uh -huh. One day, the passenger side windshield wiper just stopped working completely. It wasn't a huge problem because the driver's side one still was doing just fine. Huh. Uh, then one day, it's raining, and I have my driver's side window shield wiper going back and forth like it's supposed to, and then suddenly the passenger side starts to work um, <laughs> just barely and very slowly, and so they're out of sync, and they start crashing into each other <laughs> and pu pulling each other apart, and um, and the, r the driver's side window shield wiper... Uh, breaks and flies into the highway. And it was, <laughs> it was you lucky mess. devil, you. <laughs> so you noticed and, and then suddenly it stopped working again. The passenger side stopped working, and the driver's side now works. Um, but there's no blade works, there. Works again. I replaced the driver's side. Oh. And I'm just wondering if um, if there's anything that you think I can do to fix this without having to take it in. Okay. Do you remember that day last winter <laughs> when you were late for work? Uh-huh. And you went out, and the windshield was all icy. Yeah. And you were in a hurry, and you didn't scrape the windshield and, and loosen up the wiper blades, and they were kind of stuck on the glass. Remember that day? Yeah. You, you had that big meeting, that important meeting? <laughs> yes. And you decided to drive to work and let the defroster and the wiper blades take care of the ice? They right. did. What They did, but what you did that day is you kind of overloaded the, the, the wiper mechanism. Uh-huh. And you loosened up. There are two nuts that hold the, the arms huh? to the wiper pivots. Okay. There, are these, there are these two things that stick out of the cowl, and they go back and forth. Don't, 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 don't. Okay? And the reason they go back and forth, left, right, left, right, is they're controlled by something called a wiper transmission, which I believe is probably all right. But what's happened is the nuts, nuts are loose. The nuts came loose, and those arms are held on by friction. So, uh -huh. so it is. It's designed. Well, it must have taken them a long time to come up with this. It's designed <laughs> so that when people do something stupid, like not scrape their windshield in the winter, that in <laughs> fact it just kind of strips out the splines that have been cut into the wiper arm and allows the wiper arm to sit there, even though the pivots, which are made of much harder steel, can go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and not damage themselves. I see. So I think what you might need is just to tighten those nuts. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Okay. And you, if you tighten the nuts and you might need to replace the wiper arms. Yeah. Yeah, but this is dangerous not having it. And the thing is, you never are aware that your wipers don't work until it rains. You say, <laughs> of course. Oh, I should have fixed this. So you need yeah. to right. yeah, you you need do to, this tomorrow. Yeah. But if you go into your repair shop, they'll probably do it while you wait. And okay. if the thing works correctly, great. You're, you're good until the next time, until next winter. Okay. All right? Okay, thank you so much. See you, Rachel. Okay, right. let's answer a few more questions. What do you say? 
Go ahead, you first. <sighs> these are personal questions, and these are submitted by our listeners and carefully screened by our staff to make sure I'm that, afraid. The, that the most embarrassing ones... <laughs> well, look, as, as, as I should say that, this is from Brad Irish. Yeah. Uh, in high school or summer camp, were either of you bullied or wedgied? I don't recall ever being bullied. Uh, no. I got wedgied a few times. I, got, I did get wedgied a few times. I'm trying to remember who did it. There was one big kid on the baseball team yeah, a couple of big kids who, after practice one day, decided that <laughs> it would it would it would it would look funny. And you know, and all you've got to show is a half an inch of <laughs> underwear elastic band. Yeah, you know, and I, that's it. You're I was showing a, a, a just a little sliver that said didn't even have to hold the BVD, and, <laughs> and that was it. They they seized that opportunity, and I think they hung me from the jungle gym. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> See, those things were not popular when i was a, a real young kid no what was popular when you were a kid well caesar scarini used to hold me by the ankles and drop me down the sewer uh, <laughs> just for fun no no when we used to play baseball on the street the ball would sometimes get out of someone's hands and fl fall down the sewer oh down a storm drain or a something. storm drain yeah yeah and caesar scarini would be with us of course and being the biggest strongest guy he would take the cover off and look around to see who was lightest. Who was the scrawniest little <laughs> who guy. The scrawniest little scrawniest guy. and tallest. <laughs> yeah, right. And he would turn me upside down, hold me by the ankles, and lower me down till I could reach the ball. And then he'd he he never me up. he never lost his grip, did he? He never lost his what grip. What a guy. No. <laughs> he knew yeah, he knew if he lost his grip, I wasn't gonna get the ball. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's one from Carl Hazen. Wow. I'd like to know, what was the biggest life lesson your mom taught you? Wow. This is wow. What was the biggest life lesson? Well, I, I, I know what mine was, and I'm, I'm happy to share, to, share it. She, <laughs> she said to me, don't ever listen to anything your brother says. <laughs> And I, I always thought she was kidding. But she, mom had that way of looking you right in the eye when yeah. she was really serious about it. Because yeah. most stuff she took pretty lightly. Yeah. And she'd always say, oh, no, those aren't the big things. Don't worry about it. And I would yeah. always ask her, well, what are the big things? And, and finally, she admitted when she was very old, she said, I don't think there are any big things. <laughs> but the one thing that she was dead serious about is, don't ever listen to your brother. <laughs> and at the time. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because she said the same thing to me. <laughs> oh, I thought she told you to put on your T-shirt. <laughs> she did. <laughs> Should we do one more? Yeah, go what ahead. What the heck? One more. Boy, these are fun, Dougie. <laughs> ah. Of the two brothers, who is cuter? Oh. <laughs> who had the most girlfriends in high school? Oh. And who has the most girlfriends now? Whoa. Jeez. Well... Who's, I don't. Who's I, I don't, cuter? We cannot decide. We could not. We, we could not decide. No, we, we'd we, let our listeners decide. Exactly. If they go to the I website, mean, they can vote. But I'm a, sure. But I don't think we want them to. No. Who are the? I would say Tommy had more girlfriends in high school than I did. It could be. It could be. Could. How be. about? How about now? Who's cuter now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think cute would apply to either of us now. No. 
No. Oh, and who has more girlfriends now? Well, you do. I have more wives than you. <laughs> <laughs> See, now you had, so you've had more girlfriends, more wives, and more everything than I have. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. You probably have more money, too. No. How would you manage that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hey, guys. How's it going? This is Matt from St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, Matt. Yeah. How you doing? What's up? Um, not too bad. Do you have a brother? I do have a brother. Is he cuter than you? No. Well, I didn't think so. <laughs> that was quick, too. I didn't have to think about it at all. <laughs> and I have a feeling he's going to hear the show and get all mad at me. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. That's where we asked. Well, don't forget. The hell with him. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so go ahead. Okay. Um, I have a 96 Plymouth Neon. Uh-huh. And about a year ago, I did a head gasket job on it. Yourself? Yes, I did. Okay, good, good. man. And it took me about a week. I was I was learning as I went. Uh-huh. And as part of the job, I had the power steering pump off, and the system was basically sitting open for a while, and all the fluid drained out. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, mm. whenever I would turn the wheel all the way to one lock or the other, uh-huh. as long as it was on one of the locks, it would squeal. But as soon as I let it off, it stopped. And as the weather got colder, the problem got worse, and until it was squealing all the time, whether I was turning or not. Mm. And the sound was coming from the pump, so I replaced the power steering pump uh, a couple months ago. I got a funny feeling that Dad didn't fix it. It actually got worse. <laughs> it, and it, it's gotten to the point where I just took the power steering belt off completely, and I've been driving without the power steering for a while. Oh, and you don't have to go to the gym anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's there's a separate belt. This is a 96 Neon. So there's one belt that drives the alternator and the air conditioning and the water pump and whatnot. And then there's a separate belt that drives just the PS pump. Well, there's a belt that drives the power steering and the air conditioning compressor, and then there's a oh, separate right. belt for the alternator. Ah, All right, so you just put a shorter belt on now, or, or, you, or you took the air conditioner out of the circuit, too. Well, the air conditioner hadn't been working for a while anyway, no, right. so I just so, took it off. All right, so now you have one belt which is driving basically the alternator, right? and the other belt is off. Right. And, and of course, the noise is gone. Yes. Are you sure that the belt was tight enough? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I, I checked that like three or four times over the course of the several months. Did, when you bought the pump, did it come with a pulley, or did you put? Your, you, did you have to exchange the pulleys? It came with the pulley. Drat! Really? I mean, that's very. <laughs> we might have strange. to spin the wheel here, folks. <laughs> I, 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 I was hoping on that one too. Well, yeah. you know, one thing that comes to mind. I mean, you say you're, you're, you're sure it's coming from the pump. I don't think so. It, it might not be. I have a suspicion that it might be coming, in fact, from the other pulley on the crankshaft that the belt goes. The belt, in other words, goes around the power steering pump pulley. It goes around the air conditioner pulley, and it goes around the crankshaft pulley. Right. The only way you're going to know for sure, I think, is is to isolate those. If you put a belt that just went around the, for example, bypass the air conditioner, if you've got a short enough belt and you can make it go around the crank pulley and the power steering, you might find out that the noise is coming from the air conditioner compressor. You know, I thought about that at some point. Yeah. But And? When the weather first started getting colder... Um, it would make the squealing when I first started the car, but as soon as the engine warmed up, it would stop. But as long as the squealing was going on, the steering was a lot harder. Well, yes, and because I, the, if I revved up the engine, the steering got easier. That's right, because the belt is slipping. The, the squealing means the belt is slipping, and it may be that the belt is slipping on the crankshaft pulley or the pulley itself is broken. But uh, that was something else that I had thought of. The crankshaft pulley is brand new, solid one-piece aluminum. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> All right, wait, wait a minute, we're man. We're gonna have to spin the wheel. Yeah, hold on a minute. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna spin the wheel of misfortune here, and whatever comes up, that's the answer you're getting. <laughs> like it or lump it. 
We're spinning now. Let's Here see. we go. Here we go. Oh, it says it's a bad thermostat. Okay, man. <laughs> Lucky you. Okay, replace the thermostat. The noise will go away. Well, I think, and if you tell me that the crank pulley is new and the power steering pump is new, uh, and you have, you've replaced the belt, I trust, too, that the belt is not damaged in any way. You haven't replaced the belt, have you? I have replaced the belt. Yeah, replaced the belt. How about the air freshener? <laughs> Wait a minute. Then it's when, kind of, did, it, when did you replace the crankshaft? The the pulley? The pulley. The pulley, I rather. did that when I did the head gasket job. Okay, all right, all right. Because you, you, you ruined the other one getting it off, didn't ah. you? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. That's all right. It's all right. We forgive you. And this noise was there before the head gasket job? No. It was not. Not at all. So when you replaced it... When you replaced the crankshaft pulley, that's when the noise came. Yeah, it did, didn't it? Could be no good. It could be something... You said it's a brand new one? Right. I put on a lightweight, uh, solid aluminum underdrive pulley. Yeah, and uh, you probably... I think that's the problem. I think that's the problem, too. I think you've got to go back to the factory pulley because you're not giving the power steering pump and the AC enough mechanical advantage. In other really? words, you're not giving the crankshaft enough mechanical advantage over those two things. The pulley you put on is too small. Yeah. I'm Look at those engineers at Chrysler uh, burn the midnight oil mat designing <laughs> that pulley at just the right diameter, and you go ahead and mess around. I'd be willing to bet if you went to a junkyard and yeah. got the factory pulley and put it on there, problem solved. All the noises will go away. You think? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. We're both okay. in agreement on this, and that never happens. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, man. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Keep us posted. Let us know how you do. <laughs> bye, All right. I'll do that. Bye-bye, Matt. Bye. <laughs> uh, look, it's time for us to take a little break. Yeah, to give our stations a chance to, like, distance themselves from us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm not sure how far they can get in a minute and a half, but I'm sure they're going to give it a good shot, right? Yeah, and when we come back, you'll have a new puzzler, I guess? I, I will. As a matter of fact, the puzzler is about you. You mean it's about someone's handsome, debonair, intelligent? No, I said it was about you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have my brother's new puzzler and more of your calls in just a minute. So please stay tuned. I was just flipped off by a silver-haired old lady With a honk if you love Jesus sticker on the bumper of her car I was feeling pretty Christian I was loving all my neighbors When I saw that bumper sticker there I didn't think twice My hand went for my horn And I pushed it with conviction When I saw that lady's finger About put my heart on ice Cause I was just flipped off By a silver-haired old lady with a honk if you love Jesus sticker on the bumper of her car. And even though road paving crews throw their radios under the grater whenever they hear us say it, this is NPR National. Ha! We're back. You're listening to Car Talk with us, Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers. And we're here to talk about cars, car repair, and the, the new puzzler. Yeah, I can hardly wait. Okay, this has to do with you, I said, right? Yeah, you did. You ready? I don't know what it is. <laughs> Tommy decided one day after looking in the mirror that he needed some exercise, and he needed it now. <laughs> and since his bike had two flat tires, jogging was going to be it. So the next morning at the crack of noon, <laughs> he laces up his kids and begins jogging right outside his front door. Yeah. 
So he first runs on a level road, then he comes to a hill, which he runs to the top of. Yeah. He gets to the top, he turns around and runs back exactly the way he came. Yeah. Okay. Now, on level ground, Tommy can run at eight miles an hour. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. All right. And and uphill, six miles an hour. And what? downhill, 12 miles an hour. <whistles> now, upon his return home, and just before collapsing on the kitchen floor, <laughs> he notices that he had run for exactly two hours. So the question is, how far did he run? Now, I know you're going to ask me how long the hill was. Go ahead, ask me. How long is the hill? Can't tell you. <laughs> how long is the flat part? I, I can't tell you that either. <laughs> you, maybe you want to ask like, what percentage of the hill was, is hill and what percentage is flat? Oh, yeah. I can't tell you that either. <laughs> if, I, if I did, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> so All right, I'll tell, tell you. Me, you're not going to tell me anything. I'm not going to tell you anything. When it's, it appears. So I just get out of my house. I run. On the at eight miles an hour, you come to the then hill. Then at six, and then you turn then around. At twelve, and then, then at, eight. at eight again. And the, and the question and is, the question is, if you run for two hours, how far did you run? And it appears that there's not enough information here to solve the it's solve the problem. It certainly does. But there is, and if you think you know the answer, write it on the underside. Wait, of, wait. Is the two hours? Does that include the time I stop and have coffee? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just running all the time. You're just running, yeah. Okay. Now, if you think you know the answer, write it on the underside of a Musso Lucino one and a half quart fully automatic timer controlled stainless steel 100 watt gelato maker. Ooh. Along with 100 pounds of sugar, 30 quarts of cream, and a 55 gallon drum of pistachios. <laughs> <laughs> and send it to Puzzler Tower, Car Talk Plaza. Box 3500, Harvard Square, Cambridge. Our fair city. Matt 02238. Or you can email us your answer from cartalk.com. And if you have a question about your car, you can give us a call right now. Our number is 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hey, this is Alexander from Tampa, Florida. Hi, Alexander. Alexander. Can we call you Al or Alex? Or you have Alex to is fun. Yeah, Alex Okay, fun. just checking. Some people get kind of feisty. You and know. you're from where? And Tampa, Florida? Tampa, yeah. What's up, Alex? I, I have a uh, 1997 Dodge Ram pickup. Uh-huh, yeah. And, okay, i got to kind of describe this to you. It sounds kind of weird, but when I have the air conditioning blowing on uh, high, mm -hmm. and I it, usually I'm driving about 30 miles an hour, so if I hit the, the accelerator and I try to, like, let's say I'm entering the highway. I know exactly what happens. You do? Yeah, the air comes out of a different place on the dashboard. Yes. I mean, how do yeah. I fix that? <laughs> well, you know, Chrysler vehicles have had this problem for a while, and I don't know that they've ever fixed it. I had an 87 Dodge pickup truck, uh, admittedly a different size pickup. I had a Dakota, and it had it. It had this problem such that if I had the AC on and I started to climb a hill, instead of the cold air coming out of the dash vents, it would blow on my feet. Oh, weird. Okay, mine comes out on, like, sort of the windshield. Yeah. Well, whatever. Right. And it's because the, the when you step on the gas like that, you are diminishing the amount of vacuum available to the little vacuum motors that move the doors around. There are doors that direct the flow of that cold air. Yes, sir. Okay? And, and if there's not enough vacuum getting to the door that's supposed to keep it in And the place, vacuum is coming from the engine. Right. right. The, the engine vacuum is created by the position of the throttle. So when you stomp on the gas pedal, the vacuum goes way down. As soon as you take your foot off the gas... The, the available engine vacuum to operate these position doors 
goes way up. It'll go up to like 18 inches. And everything goes back to where it was. Exactly. And, and that is what happened, yes. That yeah. is, and so what they did for my vehicle was they designed a check valve, which they, and I, I don't remember exactly where it went, but I, I bought the thing because I, I, I found a TSB, a technical service bulletin on it, and it said, cut this vacuum hose, put this check valve in, and I did it, and voila! Okay. I, I will say, however, that the check valve only worked for like six months. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, Maybe you... that the check valve just failed, and I'm sure it did, and I never bothered to get another one. Yeah. But it may be that if, you, if if the check valve is the remedy, you might want to get a few of them. But but go to your mechanic and, and see if there's a TSB. I'm sure there is. Okay. What's disappointing, however, is that after 20 years, they never <laughs> did anything about it. Yeah, it, it may be that the 07s have the same problem. So this this problem may, may be unfixable. I got you. And, I, I, and it's good to think, I suppose, that they're putting their efforts into making more fuel-efficient and more reliable engines and Let's transmissions. Hope. Let's hope. And they're not they're not burning the midnight oil trying to solve this problem. You can live with this. Yes. But that's well, what that's what it is though. I got you. Good luck. All right, look, I, I think we have time for just a couple of more personal questions here. Okay, okay. Well it's your turn, so go ahead. All right. This is from Wendell Willis. Each week when I, when I listen to your show, it strikes me that the opening banjo music is odd. That is odd for two Boston Italians. How did you guys get pulled into bluegrass? Now, there's a good question. Well, I know how I got pulled. I was living in. I was living the good life in Vermont. Yeah, there I was, hunkered down in, in <laughs> during one of those seven winter months, and my brother called me on the telly and said he'd heard a fabulous bluegrass band. Yeah, playing in Harvard Square, and the name of the band was Joe Val and the New, New England, England Bluegrass, bluegrass Boys. Boys. And, and that was the most magnificent group of four guys that you would ever find on this planet. They were great guys. They played great music. And it, interestingly, Joe Val, who's no longer with us, sadly, uh, was Joe Valiante. Joe was Italian. Yeah. And he played bluegrass. There and you bluegrass go. Bluegrass is typically, you know, salt of the Mason-Dixon line kind of music. And northerners don't listen to that stuff, but we fell in love with those twangy voices and those plucky sounds of oh, the banjo. Fabulous. And, uh, and Doggy Mountain Breakdown, which is performed by Dave Grisman on our opening theme there, is, uh, is not, not representative of the kind of bluegrass that we grew up with, so to speak, with Joe, but it is wonderful. Oh, because he, nonetheless, is, he is a brilliant musician. And, and his band is great, too. So that's how we, we have uh, glommed on to bluegrass, and they haven't been able to get rid of us ever since. <laughs> Go ahead. All right, here's one. This comes from Dave Holloway. What hobbies do you guys have other than wasting a Saturday morning? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's your hobby, Dave. <laughs> no, we don't consider this a waste at all. Waste? This is the most fun we have all week. Jeez, I, I have lots of hobbies. I don't have any hobbies. We noticed. We're trying to find you one. <laughs> I don't think I have any hobbies. Yeah, I have, I have a few hobbies. I, what do I do? You do. You have woodworking. Woodworking, gardening, painting. Ah. You know, I, I do. I, I, you see my artwork. I have. Yes. Actually, I'm starting into the uh, gardening thing. I noticed, yeah. Yeah. But I'm a weed whacker. <laughs> <laughs> That's a step one. All right, you ready? Yeah. Actually, it's interesting that, that uh, I should paint because I decided to take up painting because I'm colorblind. <laughs> well, it's going to open up a whole new world for everyone else who's colorblind. They're going to say. Who can't appreciate 
ordinary art. Well, I remember when I was a kid, and I used to draw pictures in school. I was really young, and I was just as colorblind then as I am now. And I always colored things like grass brown. And the teachers used to <laughs> laugh at me, and they said, well, what the hell is Why is this grass? Looks like the grass in our yard. <laughs> And I didn't know. No, sure. How would you? I didn't know either. I and I made skies purple, and yeah. and uh, it yeah. was fun. No, it was embarrassing. Actually, it had hurt. It did. And the other kids they used kept to... thinking that we were stupid, and they were, they were uh. right. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one from someone named Fran. That didn't give her last name. What was your first job? Oh, I know what my first job was, and it was a non-paying job, and it was working with Dad. Yeah. Uh, Dad delivered home heating oil. Yeah. And ice. Yeah. And and this is, you know, there were still many of his customers who, who had uh, little stoves in their apartments that heated just one room. And as such, they used kerosene, which was delivered to them in five-gallon cans. Which he used to run up and down the stairs with. Yeah. And all, it seems all, all of his customers lived on the third floor. <laughs> and at the same time, he delivered ice to these people, many of whom didn't have a refrigerator yet. Refrigerators were kind of new. And... If you had just bought an ice box, you wouldn't want to throw it out to buy a refrigerator. Certainly not. Especially if you didn't have electricity in your apartment. Well, it's interesting because that was my very first job as well. Yeah. It's the very same job, running up and down those stairs. It killed us. It killed <laughs> us. It was brutal. We never understood how he did it. Oh, he and did he, it for 60 years. And he did it day in and day out and hardly ever complained about it. And in the wintertime, he worked from like 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. Oh, Saturdays were brutal because you had to give people enough ice and or oil to get them over Sunday. So you had twice as much work to do on Saturdays. And that's why he chose us to be his helpers. <laughs> his slaves, more like it. <laughs> yeah, right. But we learned a lot. We learned how to carry how everything. How much did he pay you? Mm, nothing. Really? No, he used to pay me 20 bucks a day. Uh. <laughs> okay, 888 Nothing, talk. nothing. <laughs> Man, we, we, He'd buy lunch for me. He, we, and he, we, we gladly did it for nothing. He was fun we to work to with. We used to eat at Buddy's <laughs> we, Diner. We used to eat him out of house and home, though. <laughs> 888-CAR-TALK. That's 888-227-8255. Hi, my name is Lance, and I'm calling from New York City. Hi, Lance. Do you live, like, in Manhattan? Yep, Upper West Side. How upper? Uh, 87th Street. Oh. oh. Is that relevant to the question he's going to ask yeah. us? Yeah. Oh, okay, just checking. I, <laughs> I didn't know. You know I, well, we're gonna, you'll see in a minute. Tommy's mind works in a way that no other person's mind works like. Actually, it might be relevant because I normally take my car to my mechanic in the Bronx, but ah. it's too far away from my job, so I had to go to a different one this time for an inspection. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So there's a certain relevance. Which, which side of the street do you park on? <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead, Lance. I'm sorry. Okay, I have a 95 Lumina and uh, brought in for an inspection, and they told me I needed a new intake manifold gasket. So I, they, they replaced the, man, the uh, intake manifold gasket, but they also put 75 miles on the car. And I Ooh. wanted to know if there's any legitimate reason you can think of for why they need to do that. They put. Well, uh, they were all going to the casino on Long Island. Exactly. I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and the Lumina is, of course, is, you know, it's a five-passenger car, and probably six if you really had to put six people in there. Yeah. Right. It's unlikely that you could have come up with any excuse for putting seventy-five <laughs> miles on it. Yeah. Did, did you? Did you suggest that they had used your car uh, without proper authorization? Well, sure. I when I my first clue was when I picked the car up and I started to drive away, and the gas gauge was below empty. 
the, so the gas tank was below empty. They didn't yeah, and even I brought have the... it in with about three-eighths. And, they and then didn't... I noticed the odometer 75, 80 miles down. So I called them, and, and uh, the manager of the garage, he kind of sounded surprised himself. He said he checked with his guys. Later he talked to me about it. He said, well, they have to check the lifters, and the mechanic who did this was a very honest guy, and I believe him. And, you yeah. know, and he lost well, 300 bucks with the casino. <laughs> No, this is crazy. Yeah, it is. It is nuts. I mean, there's nothing. There's, there are no lifters to be checked. I mean, if the lifters, uh, first of all, they did the intake manifold gasket. They didn't do anything to the lifters. They just okay. did the intake manifold gasket. And there's no excuse for driving 75 miles at all. Great. Yes. I didn't think so. so. Someone so what, what, what alerted you, in fact, was the fact that the gas gauge had moved. You might not have noticed the mileage. The least right. they could have done is put a couple of bucks of gas in it. Yeah, that's well. He even admitted. He said, "Well, gee, if I'd have known about the gas, I'd have put gas in it." And I right, then you wouldn't have noticed because it turns out we drive every customer's car. <laughs> so, so they obviously had your car overnight, maybe a couple of nights, several nights. Yep. Well, you know what? They may be doing this to everybody. They may be driving everybody's car home. I mean, think about it. If you, if you, if the shop is in, is in Manhattan, and they yeah. they lived on Long Island, oh, why would you want to drive your own car and use your own gas? Exactly. Yeah, you could fake it and say I was test driving it to see if it worked. And I bet you not one person in a hundred catches them. Right, exactly. But then this one time when they don't put the gas back in, then you notice it. And yeah. what really is I think you have to raise holy hell. You know what's them. really disturbing? That I didn't think of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think, jeez, well... No, it's you, not right. you might you might want to consider going to another shop, but they'll never do it to your car again. De well, definitely. Well, I'm definitely going to go back to my guy in the Bronx from now on. And they may keep everyone's car overnight. You know, oil change, oh, your wiper blades. We have to keep it overnight. <laughs> We're having the wiper blades made. <laughs> yeah, in Kuala Lumpur. Bet. <laughs> they're being shipped in. UPS. They'll be here at ten o'clock in the morning. We'll put them right on. You'll have your car at ten fifteen. I would, you know, I would first check with the Division of Consumer Affairs, the State Attorney General's office. Right. Yeah, because this is not good. And, and and if nothing else, file a complaint because if they've done this to other people, you have no way of knowing that. They might get their their ticket yanked. Yes. But they're trying to they're trying to pull a fast one, and they didn't get away with it. Good for you, Lance, that you caught them. Well, good for me that I called you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't go <laughs> for that story. Okay. Thank you very much. They should have come up with a better story. Yeah. <laughs> See you later, man. Okay, thanks. Thanks bye. for your call. Bye-bye. Jeez, what, what story would we use? If someone had noticed that we put 75 miles on his car? Yeah, we probably would have told him the lifters had to be seen. <laughs> just like they, well, you know, you're, you're... Well, the only thing you can do is come up with a, a technical reason that they wouldn't understand. Well, he tr they like tried th that. That's what they did. They tried that. And, and that makes... That's the best and deal. And good for Lance that he called us. Yeah. You know, and, and they... And, and so what the owner said is, oh, yes, we did have to drive your car all these miles, and... I'm sorry that we didn't replace the gas that we used. On the other hand, we didn't charge you $95 an hour for the hours that we drove it, though. <laughs> so you should look on the bright side. <laughs> anyway, it's happened again. You've squandered another perfectly good hour listening to Car Talk. Our esteemed producer is Doug, the subway fugitive, not a slave to fashion, Bongo Boy Berman. Our associate producers are Louis Cronin, the barbarian, and David Gibraltar Green. Our senior web lackey is Doug, the old gray mayor. Our engineer is John Cartman Parati, and our technical, spiritual, and menu advisor, just back from the East Wabash, Succotash, Turkey Hash, Garlic Mash, Cranberry Splash, 10-Yard Dash to the Junk Food Stash, <laughs> is John Bugsy Lawler. Our public opinion pollster is Paul Murky of Murky Research. 
assisted by statistician Margin Overa. Our customer care representative is Haywood Jabuzov. Our Ralph Cramden impersonator from the Dubai office is Mohammed Ahamana Ahamana. <laughs> Our disciplinarian this week is Don Fuller Round. Our Russian chauffeur is Pikov and Dropoff. Our optometric firm is CFI Care. Our sexual harassment trainer from the Frankfurt office is Hans T. Yosef. <laughs> Our guest accommodations are provided by the Horse Road Inn. And the head of our working mother support group is Erasmus B. Dragon. Our chief counsel from the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe is Yu Lewis Dewey, known to the flag-draped panhandlers in Harvard Square as Yui Louie Dewey. Thanks so much for listening. We're Click and Clack, the Tappert Brothers. And remember this, don't drive like my brother. And don't drive like my brother. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. CDs of the show, which is number 726, along with Car Talk clothing, audio collections, and other Car Talk gifts, are available at 888-CAR-JUNK or by going to the Shameless Commerce Division of our website, cartalk.com. Also this week at cartalk.com, our list of summer driving tips. Check them out before your summer road trip. I have no road trips planned this summer. I mean, I've got everything I need right here in our fair city. I got warm weather, I got iced cappuccino. Isn't your ex-mother-in-law coming to visit in August? How far did you say the Grand Canyon is? <laughs> is 2,000 miles? Get me MapQuest. That's Car Talk's <laughs> summer driving tips. All this week at cartalk.com. Car Talk is a production of Dewey Cheatham and Howe and WBUR in Boston. And even though dogs come back and try to remove their markings from the side of the NPR building whenever they hear us say it, <laughs> this is NPR, National Public Radio.